Okay, a few months ago, my buddy Tom Trahan, the director over at Brimstone Museum, invited me to be a part of an art show that's coming up very soon. And the name of it is For the Love Of. And when he called me, you know, I told him I hadn't painted in decades, but I, sure, I'll do it. Of course, yeah, let's do it. So for the past few months, I've been working on this project. I, I knew what I wanted. Uh, it, I knew exactly the way I wanted it to look. I could see it, in, you know, I, it's just a wonderful picture. I knew I was gonna do this from the beginning. So I, I used to, decades ago I painted. I mean, decades ago. was the, the, That was the last time I had painted on a canvas. A, something that you could actually tell what it was. And so it's been so long that any paints that I did have were hard as a rock now. The tubes are like, they're petrified. But I wasn't going to give up. This is it. I'm going to do it. So I went through so many sketch pages on my, my mixed media book that I have. I, I sketched it out. I knew the, the sketches looked great, I thought. I mean, for me on my artistic level, the sketches were pretty good on what I wanted. And then I thought, well, let me try, uh, let me try a different medium. Let me try watercolor. I hadn't tried it. I well, I think, you know, when I was a kid, we had watercolor that you'd get in, uh, you could buy those coloring books, the Mickey Mouse coloring books that had that strip of watercolor in the uh, coloring book and you dampen it. And that's it. That's all that my experience with watercolor has ever been. So I thought, well, it was easy back then. I can do Mickey Mouse. I can, I can paint this picture with watercolor. Newsflash, watercolor's not easy. Not for me, it wasn't. It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. It sounds simple. Very unimposing words, watercolor, easy. No, it all looked like crap. I mean, really bad. It was, oh... So I would work on it, and then I would put it aside, come back to it a few days later, rip it up, start a new one. I could get it on paper with my, my pencil, but when I want, started with the paints and, and doing what I wanted to do with it, it just wasn't working. Now, this lasted all summer, and I was just going through wads and wads of paper. You know, like a kid, you know, you're trying to color something, at least with for me when I was a kid. I'd get out of the lines, uh, and he ripped the page out of the coloring book and throw it away. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Uh, I guess I was a perfectionist, but and I guess I still am in some ways. I, this I've noticed that this past summer with the painting, with this project, it would I would get it going pretty good, and then something would happen, and I would rip it up, toss it, start over. And uh, not too long ago, I'm lying in bed. And it just hits me like a brick in the head that I'm running out of time and I don't have this piece done. I'm nowhere near being done. And so that night I decided, I thought, okay, I've got to tell Tom that I can't do this. I've got to pull out of it. And that didn't sit easy with me. I didn't like that. And then as soon as I started thinking about canceling and pulling out of it, I started thinking about, well, man, that's going to, I don't want to, leave Tom in a lurch at the museum. I'm, yeah, but it's just me, just little old me, one little piece. Others can do it, have their pieces there. It'll be fine. No, it's not going to be fine. I told him I was going to do it. I'm breaking my promise to him. 
he's not he's going to be disappointed in me. Oh, and he's going to tell Oren. Oren's going to he's not he's going to think, "Wow, Mike, what's up? You said you were going to do this. You were talking about it. You're all excited about it. And now you're not going to do it." So all this stuff banging around in my head, all of this worry and doubt, doubt that I could do it and worry about what people would say about me. I mean, hell, I was worried about what they're going to think about the piece because it just looked like crap at that point. And then I'm worried at this point when I made the decision to cancel. Tom, if you're listening and the art show hasn't happened yet, this is not my way of telling you I'm not going to participate. This I'm not I'm not breaking up over podcast. <laughs> anyway, all these things banging around in my head, worry and doubt on both sides of it, just like a tennis match, back and forth, back and forth. And I fell asleep that night, finally. And it was a rough night because I was really stressing out over it. I even woke up a few times thinking about it, just sick to my stomach, just, ugh, I've got to tell him I can't be in it. That morning I woke up and my, my initial thought was, ugh, i got to tell Tom in a few minutes that I can't be in it. And then I was thinking, should I email him? No, that's rude. You can't do this over email. Maybe over messenger. That's a little better, a little more informal, a little nicer. No, dude, you got to call him. You got to make the call. And I just didn't want to do it. But then I had to do it. Back and forth all through the night and that morning. And I'm still lying in bed. And I start thinking about what Tom, how Tom described the art show to me, that it's you know, not professionals, and it's called For the Love Of. Just those, for, he wanted people involved that love art in some way, their own expression of art, uh, and their own, their own level of artistic ability. So I started thinking about that. And then as I'm lying here in bed, I'm, I go back to decades ago when I first started going to uh, painting lessons. My mom would drag my little sister and me to them. And I remember the, the joy of creating, the excitement of sitting down at the blank canvas and the smell of the turpentine and the picking the colors, titanium white and yellow ochre, and burnt umber and burnt sienna. Oh, I always loved those. I just listed my favorites. I, I don't know why. I, maybe I liked the, the name of them back then. I would never paint my walls yellow ochre, but I love saying it. Yellow ochre and burnt umber, burnt sienna. And I just started thinking about all that, just the, all these little things that used to give me joy when I was 10 years old, just the thrill of creating, painting the little kitty cat or the Christmas tree, all these different things that we painted back then. And the, the worry and the doubt sort of disappearing and was replaced with this, this joy, this, oh, this excitement, this thrill that I had back then. And what I was doing at that moment, I was making then, now. I was remembering that feeling from before, from decades before, that wonderful feeling of creating. And I was making then, now. I was bringing it into the present tense. And I just dwelt in that, just basked in that thrill of creating, that feeling that I was having. 
And I just stayed there for a few moments, just dwelling in that, in my imagination, in that present tense feeling, that thrill of creation. At the moment, I still didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew then exactly that I was not canceling. I wasn't going to pull out of the art show. And it wasn't because I didn't want to offend Tom or and it wasn't because I, I didn't want people, you know, I wasn't worried about people's feelings anymore, their opinion of me. I wasn't worried about what they would think of my project, of the piece I did submit. All the worry and all the doubt just disappeared and was replaced with this love for the love of. <laughs> this love of creation, this thrill, the fun of it. I brought that mood. I dwelt in that mood. I captured the mood of the fun part and the thrilling part of creation, of creating something, something that I thought is wonderful, something that I, I thought was wonderful, I think is wonderful. i got to watch my tense. <laughs> I made it first person, present tense experience, that, that feeling, that same feeling I had decades ago of painting a picture, creating something. And then later that morning, it just all happened naturally. I came up, started coming up with new ideas that had nothing to do with specifically that exact picture, but from the same source, the same source of inspiration for me, because I wanted to stay true to what I was thinking about for the piece. And all these different ideas and different mediums started coming to mind. And within a few hours before lunchtime on that same day, I knew what I was doing. I knew exactly what I was going to do. And within a couple of days, I had everything in place and it was done. All of it done. And I don't, you know, I don't know what an art critic would say. And I don't know what Tom will say when he sees it. But I absolutely love it. I loved doing it. I loved the, using the paints and picking the colors and applying it to the piece, to the, uh, it wasn't canvas, I'm actually using an old uh, reconditioned piece of a shelf, an old shelf, uh, this wooden piece that I've had for years and years. I don't know why I even still have it, but it was the perfect thing to represent what I wanted to with it. And that's what I'm using. That's what I used uh, to put the paint on. So in all of this, I, I moved from head stuff. It, for months, it was all in my head, worried about the technical aspect of it. It's got to be this way. Oh, it's not perfect. What's Tom going to say? What are the folks going to say when they see it? What are the fellow artists going to say when they see it? You know, when I bring my piece in, my name's going to be on it. Ugh. It's all a head game with me. And I wasn't feeling anything real, at least not the good part of it, not what I wanted to. I, what I was feeling real was doubt and worry. And that's all I kept experiencing was just more doubt and worry. And I just could not get it to work. None of it worked until I moved out of the head and into the heart and then down into my belly. So I felt it real. I captured that mood, that thrill. For me, that mood was brought on by the remembering the past 
the experience of painting years ago and that excitement and the wonder that I felt. I captured that, that feeling and I felt that to be real. At the time when I was doing that in imagination, dwelling in that feeling, I had no idea what I was going to paint, but I didn't worry about it anymore. I felt it real by capturing that mood, that experience, that first person present tense experience. And now I love the piece. It's absolutely beautiful, I think. And I'm looking forward to bringing it to the museum for the art show. If you're in Southwest Louisiana or Southeast Texas, check it out. It's at, going to be at the Brimstone Museum in Sulphur, Louisiana. Uh, I'm going to, I'm about to close, but I wanted to, uh, came across this lecture. Well, I'm reading this lecture today of Neville Goddard's. It's in his 1963 collection of lectures. If you want to look this up, uh, this particular author, she transcribed collections of lectures of Neville's and she put them in books in chronological order by date. Of course, that was redundant, wasn't it? Uh, she put them in chronological order by date of lecture when he gave the, the lectures. And there are uh, 1963 through 69 or 68 available now. If you go to look them up on Kindle, uh, you could probably look them up by typing in Neville Goddard Lecture Collection, something like that. Uh, this one particular, the 1963 book is titled The Awakening 1963 Lectures. And this particular lecture is our real beliefs are what we live by. And I read this this morning and I thought, well, this is this exactly what, you know, I was doing with the art, even though I'm talking about feeling it real and uh, using your imagination, capturing the mood, all these things I've been talking about on the podcasts. I've been talking to my kids for years about, I wasn't doing it intentionally or knowingly with this art project. I was doing it because we're doing it every day, all day. I was just getting results I didn't really want because I was full of doubt and worry. So here's the quote. If you worry and it's a habit, you are disclosing a lack of faith in the claim that imagining creates reality. How could you actually worry about anything in this world and still believe that whatever you imagine will come to pass. For whatever you ask in prayer, believe you received it and you will. If you actually believe that, really believe it, not just give it lip service, you could not then worry. You couldn't. For worry is simply a confession of your lack of faith in the claim that imagining creates reality. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.